A two-year-old girl goes missing. No one has seen her for 31 days. Six girls sexually assaulted. I'm Justin Bolduck. And I'm Abby Dufault. And that's coming up on the True Crime Podcast. So my case involves a young woman down in Orlando, Florida. Her name is Casey Anthony. Uh, and she was uh, a very, a very weird, um, definitely out there woman. Um, this is the Orlando girl, right? Yes, it is. And so Casey Anthony, she was born on March 19th, 1986 in Warren, Ohio. She moved down to Florida at some point um, in her her childhood, her father was um, in law enforcement, and that's what brought them down to Florida. Um, so her father's name is George. Her mother's name is Cindy. She um, lived with them along with her her brother, Lee. And so for the most part, they had um, like a decent relationship, um, Casey did with her, with her parents. It was kind of rough at some points. Um, she kind of had um, an iffy relationship with her mother. Um, but, you know, for the most part, the overwhelming majority of her childhood was normal. Um, and so she, from time to time, she did get caught stealing from her parents, but it would just be like a couple dollars here or there. It wasn't like, you know, I'm stealing, you know, my mom's wedding ring or whatever, right? So when she got to high school, uh, that's when her par- uh, her friends started noticing that she was becoming a very good liar and started lying a lot. That's not good. No. Um, and so they kind of like distanced themselves from her. Um, and I think this is so funny. She lied to her parents about graduation. Her whole entire family went to her graduation. Her parents, her grandparents, aunt, uncles, what? everything. Just and to find out that she was credit short and wasn't graduating. Oh, my God. Instead of telling them, she let them all show up. Wow. So that was like the first big lie. <laughs> and so soon after that, at the age of 19 plot twist she becomes pregnant and she tries playing it off with her parents like her parents suspected it because they noticed that like she was gaining weight and whatever and she played it off she denied it for the longest time until obviously you get to a point in your pregnancy where like you can't can't really hide it so she doesn't know who the father is though she that says sucks. it could be her fiance at the time, whose name was Jesse, or one of her ex-boyfriends who died in a car accident. So she has no idea who the father is. Hmm. And so throughout her pregnancy, she had thoughts of like whether or not she wanted to keep the baby and like um, whether or not she was going to put the baby up for adoption. But at the end of the day, on August 9, 2005, she gave birth to her daughter, Kaylee Anthony. And so obviously she decides to keep this baby. And that's where things get interesting. 
So Casey is the suspect in this case. Her daughter Kaylee is the victim. So in July of 2008, Kaylee is not even three years old yet. Um, she is reported missing by her grandmother, Cindy, after having um, a very heated argument with uh, Casey. Um, and so she didn't have any siblings. She was raised on her own by her mother. Um, at the time, Casey supposedly worked at Universal Studios in Orlando, but we'll find out a little later that maybe she didn't, who knows. Um, and so she would spend a lot of nights, like they s lived with um, Cindy and George, but a lot of nights they would spend at Casey's, or at the time was current boyfriend, Anthony, which is, I'll call him Tony, just so it doesn't get confusing. But um, yeah, his name is Tony. So they would spend a lot of nights there too. Um, and so everybody, I mean, Kaylee was the star of the show. Everybody loved Kaylee. Her grandparents, you know, they said they, they hate to say it, but they saw Casey because they wanted to see Kaylee. Um, and so they, one night they called to see how she was doing and Casey was just, you know, blah, 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 blah. She's fine, whatever. And so then leading up to a series of intricate lies, they actually find out that Casey has not seen Kaylee in over 31 days. So Cindy gets sent into a panic and calls the police and reports her granddaughter missing. And that is how it all starts. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. Cliffhanger, I'm leaving you hanging. So let's hear it. What do you got? Okay, so my case involves Marie Adler as the victim, but um, <clears throat> there's actually a total of six victims, um, but we're going to focus on Marie because she's the main one. Um, so she was 18 years old. She lived in Linwood, Washington. Um, she had a really rough upbringing. She had only met her biological father once, and she didn't really know much about her biological mom. So that can definitely add in um, some issues to growing up. Um, at the age of six or seven, she actually, that's when she entered um, the foster care system. And in total, she lived in two group homes and either 10 or 11 foster homes. Um, during that time, she endured a lot of sexual and physical abuse. Um, and she also has two brothers and a sister, um, but they were... Um, usually placed in different foster homes. So she had a really rough life. Um, so it was really tough for her. Um, but when she turned 18, she joined this program called Project Ladder. And that helps young adults who are who have been in the foster care system um, to get back to get onto their feet and like, get a house, a job and start making a living for themselves um, with the people who work for Project Ladder, like helping them along. Um, so they supply her with an apartment, and it's not too expensive, so it's enough so she can afford it. And she also worked at Costco, because in order to be in the program, you have to have a job. 
Um, so she was pretty busy, but um, she was really close with one of her foster moms. Her name was Shannon McQuarrie. Um, and she couldn't be adopted by her, though, because Shannon was already fostering another mom, another child who required a lot of work already. Um, so she just couldn't make that commitment. Um, and then there was Peggy Cunningham, which was another foster mom. And Peggy was expecting Marie to be a baby, but it ended up being 16-year-old Marie instead. So that kind of, like messed up their relationship and they they were very different so they didn't really get along too well um but later we'll find out Peggy and Shannon they actually told the detectives that they had suspicions about Marie being sexually assaulted and so that um kind of altered the detectives um like thoughts on the case and she was also Marie was also really good friends with this guy named Jordan Schweitzer. Um, they did date for a little bit, but it didn't really work out. So they just decided to be friends. And they were actually on the phone with each other a few hours prior to the attack on Marie. Um, so she actually called him the morning, the right after um, she got assaulted, and it was in two thousand and eight. It was so um, what we'll find out in this series is that in 2008, Marie Adler. So in 2008 in Linwood, Washington, Marie Adler reported being raped. Um, She didn't really have a good um, like visual or description of what the attacker was. So they didn't really have much um, to use as evidence. The. The attacker made her, like, clean up and washed everything before he left, so there wasn't really much evidence left behind. Um, But the detectives, they didn't really trust Marie with what she was saying, and she was charged with falsely... Help me out here, Justin. Filing a false police report. Filing a false police report, yes, that's it. Um, So then... That's wild. That blows my mind. Yeah, and... So that was really rough. They made her change her statement and it happened like three times because she kept going back and saying that it happened. Um, But then the detectives would kind of like convince her and it made her kind of think that it didn't happen. Um, So that happened uh, for a while. And then in 2011, um, more of the women who were assaulted started stepping forward and they could kind of connect the pieces to find out that it was the same person. So that was kind of crazy, and we'll discuss that more. Um, But that's um, pretty much Marie and how she was brought up before everything happened. And then we have our criminal. His name is Mark O'Leary. He's an Army veteran. Um, There's not really much that's known about him. He kind of likes to keep his life private. Um, But we do know that he was about 31 years old at the time of the attacks. He had a tall, muscular, and healthy figure, and he was raised in Colorado. Um, he was a high school graduate. We don't know if he went on to go to college, but he was in the Army, so they're kind of thinking that he went to the Army right after high school. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all that's known about him. He didn't really involve... I tried to do some research on his family, but um, there's not really anything on them, which is kind of weird. We don't know. 
Like, if they were close, obviously, they probably weren't close if he didn't say anything about them at all. So, yeah. So, now, let me ask you this. What's his name? Mark O'Leary. Okay, so do you think Mark was born or made a criminal? So, I'm thinking it could be nurture, um, because some of his victims, he actually wanted them to dress up, or made them dress up in, like, schoolgirl outfits, and that could possibly be a sign of some past trauma with, like, his family or, like, something else that happened in his life um, that caused him to do that. Um, so that's – I would probably go with nurture. But it is kind of tough to say with it in this case where there's not a lot of information on him. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I definitely think it's hard to tell um, without, obviously, knowing the person. Um, but I think Casey, she definitely had tendencies where she was made the way she was, but then at the same time, it's like, you know, with having kind of an unstable relationship with her mother, maybe she was just kind of like born or like brought up in that type of environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was she close with her father? Um, so it really doesn't say it's just, I mean, I obviously feel like there's like a, a tight bond between a daughter and a father. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough to say. So I'd probably say it's both nature uh, and nurture. Yeah. A little bit Um, of both. Yeah. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. And I feel like, um, with Mark O'Leary, the criminal in my case, um, maybe like being in the army kind of could have set him off a little bit too. So I think that also could have played a role. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I definitely feel like, I mean, being pregnant at 19, that's got to be somewhat. Yeah, you know, that can cause a lot of stress. I don't know if traumatizing is the right word, but yeah, I think stressful is the right word. Yeah. Um, that's hard. I know to think we're like I'll be 18 in March so like that's crazy to think that I know I couldn't be a father right now yeah me neither I couldn't be a mother not a father (laughs) (laughs) thank you for clarifying um so yeah that's that's kind of it yeah so in the next episode um we'll dive deeper into these two crimes Let's do it. Yeah. Same place, same time. Well, not well, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Peace out. <laughs>